to me, it seems crazy. And I think probably to you too, to, to most men, it seems crazy that women value male status, male money in the way they do too. Like you wouldn't sort women based on how much money they have, right? You wouldn't no. date a 65-year-old woman just because she was rich, right? Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with the perfect blend of forthrightness and humor. We have what I expect to be an entertaining show planned today, including yet another examination of blowjob ethics, this time with a look at uh, how the ethics compare to titty fucking, a conversation about inserting Ooh. into the wrong hole, a woman realizing online dating may not be all that great of an experience for men, and more. And Keith, my co-host is Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, Keith. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well. I'm still in the Caribbean, so it's nice. Uh, pretty hard to not be well here. We'll get started imminently, but first, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Though it may make you squirm initially, tell your friends and family about us. If they're cool, they'll surely thank you later. Mike, do you want to add something to that? I do have something to add today. <clears throat> uh, you know, we have, uh, thanks to our listeners, we've been consistently gaining in the ratings and rankings here. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you search for topics that we cover on our podcast now on like the Apple Podcast app, we actually rank pretty well. But there's still some podcasts that rank above us. And we, you know, we actually do take the time to listen to a lot of these other podcasts. Some of them are just like literotica, but a lot of uh, actually most of them probably are, but some of them are kind of covering similar territory. But we found a lot of them disappointing. And I think a lot of our listeners have too from the feedback we've gotten, because a lot of them are very cautious. They're not very honest in a lot of cases about the topics they cover. Some of them are, but they're, you know, usually often slanted in a particular direction, a little less willing to bear it all. Psychological nudity that we pride ourselves for here at Your Mileage May Vary. And the other thing they do a lot of times is there'll be like a 30-minute episode and they have 10 minutes of ads. I know you've encountered this a lot, right, Keith? Yeah. If, if you can stomach getting through the ads, it quickly gets into regurgitating the same five predictable cultural tropes. Um, it's yes. surprising they get uh, so many listeners. So look, you know, we, we have some listeners that we know have come and found us uh, after listening to some, and in this case, I won't name them, although I have no problem naming them, but some of the ones that come up at the top of the list, if you search for some of the topics we discuss, if you just search for sex or something like that, and are refreshed by the fact they don't have to spend so much time listening to ads, and there's a little more honesty, and the response is a little more uh, diversity of viewpoints or willingness to discuss kind of more touchy subjects from us. But really, yeah, I mean, in order, if you want to hear more stuff like this, uh, consider sharing us with friends, telling people about us because, you know, we don't, we're not planning to make money from this podcast. We're not going to, well, we might, you know, if we, some other, but not through the podcast, you know, that's, we don't, we don't want to deluge you with ads. We don't want to waste your time. We want to get straight to this stuff, which is why I don't want to talk for too long here. Um, and that's something that you could sort of have as a commitment from us as opposed to these other guys who really are honestly just trying to sell you dildos or whatever they're doing. We're not doing that. Uh, and we think because of that, we should be the number one sex podcast. And that's what we want to do. And we don't want to have ads. We want to be cool. So please do, you know, if you have a friend you think might be interested, a significant other, or just like an online community, and you're like, hey, this is a cool podcast, better than shameless sex or whatever they're called. Uh, please do consider sharing us out there and growing us. But I mean, look, we're, we're really happy with uh, all our listeners. We, we love our listeners and we have been growing quite a lot this year. So we're excited about that, but just wanted to put that out there and that's it. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. So 
to that end, you can follow us on Twitter at YMMVPod or by email. Uh, you, you can send us questions or, or feedback at YMMVPod at gmail.com. But really, we are- the thing, I mean, we don't know what grows podcasts. It's sort of a mystery to us. We've, we've tried various things, but I think most of it's word of mouth. We do have a, also an email list. Uh, if you go to ymmvpod.com, you can sign up. And right now we're just sending out basically notifications when a new podcast comes out. But that list actually has a lot of people on it at this point. So you can also join that way if you don't want to do, uh, well, if, yeah, if you don't want to do social media or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, that's cool too. Yeah. All right. Enough of this dribble. Um, I have some patter to bring up, but do you want to, did you have something? I think you did, right? I have, I mean, I basically just have like a subreddit with some kind of interesting, uh, content on it, uh, video, uh, <laughs> oh, no. animated interesting content. content. So yeah, I mean, we can talk about that first. I mean, basically, so you told me you do not know the trope, which I'm ashamed to say that I have encountered, I think on, I think on social media, let's just say that shamefully. <laughs> The trope of a woman being stuck in a dryer or a washing machine. You've not encountered this, Keith? How? What? Wouldn't that just like immediately kill a person? You mean like while okay, it's running? So, well, I mean, it's unclear. No, it wouldn't be running. But basically, okay. let's imagine the following scenario. There's a woman in a house and she's reaching into the washing machine or dryer. Oh. Gets stuck. And of course, it's her upper half that's stuck and her lower half is protruding. Uh-huh. from the machine and then maybe well let's be honest it's the internet so it's probably her stepbrother stepfather someone like that <laughs> that comes along right. and decides well i could rescue her or it's like it's like um what's that game uh it's a game where it's like do you fuck the person or do you you know what i'm oh, talking Mar- about where Mary like, fuck kill something like that well this one is like do rescue rescue or fuck <laughs> and of course in a porn they're always going to fuck uh, and um, you know, you're not familiar with. Uh, I have porn seen this. I've, this I've seen several porns use this trope. I've seen the one where, like, yeah, somebody's like, you know, stuck in the maybe the garbage disposal or something. Um, also, also not on. Uh, but yeah, this thing where like the woman is stuck and the man has the opportunity to decide whether he wants to rescue or uh, penetrate. Right. And so, I mean, this is going to be. Uh, Obviously, in a, a porn context, it's going to be, you know, the the not rescuing is is the uh, <laughs> compelling one. And so, I was on uh, NSFW four one one the other day, which is a subreddit yeah. for like people looking for new uh, pornographic experiences. And I encountered this person asking for uh, not just glory holes, which you know I uh, sometimes talk about, but this is a the guy wanted a glory hole where the woman is trapped, like like I guess bricked up in the wall. Uh, wow. so like he's actually stuck in there. And so somebody suggested the subreddit glory ho. So it's like hold <laughs> without the L and the E. So reddit.com slash R slash glory ho. This exists. We'll put a, yes, it does. We'll put a link to, uh, the, um, that subreddit in the show notes so people can click on it if they don't, they can't type or whatever. A lot of it's animated. Um, you can sort of look at it. I mean, there's some uh, that's, I would say, just more traditional glory hole stuff. Uh, like there's a title here called Breed Me Through the Wall that I would just call a glory hole. But then, and some of it is like cartoons where it's like, for example, there's a cartoon picture I'm seeing here where it's a woman. Well, it actually, yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre, right? It's like a tiled wall where the woman's body is just sort of stuck in the in the wall. Um, tiled. So it's not even realistic, right? The tile would be cutting her sides and so forth. Um, 
but the notion that like this woman is actually trapped in the wall and it's sort of public use. There are videos too, where people like there's one that I'm seeing here that looks like a, uh, I mean, they basically built a wall around the woman. <laughs> they put sort of rubber around her, I think, to protect her, but she's sort of trapped in there. Do you find this compelling at all, Keith? Is this is there something materially different here from glory holes? Like, is there like is there some itch that's different that's being scratched by this subreddit? Yeah, I'm going to paste you one link, which we will of course put in the show notes for uh-huh. uh, listeners. Uh, do you, do you see that link, Keith? So this uh, is a yeah, woman right, who is, uh, maybe this will give an idea. This is a woman who, it's two women actually, and they Hero appear appointment. to be like, yeah, they're hermetically sealed within a wall. I mean, I think it's, <laughs> I mean, it, remember, it reminds me a little bit of like the videos I've seen where like there's a woman inside like some kind of a vinyl, what looks like a mattress or like a, a sheet that's like all the way around her. And then you suck the air out with a... Um, vacuum cleaner or some type of device. So then she's like completely trapped, right? She can't even, she's immobile. And of course you have a hole for her mouth so she can breathe. I think that's like kind of the itch there is like the guy is like, oh, I can do whatever I want. She can't stop me. And then of course for the woman, it would be the opposite. Uh, yeah. This is, there's some sort of combination of free use and glory hole, like the animidity aspect of glory hole. This video of course is showing their faces, but yeah, this is, huh. I was, I was not aware of face. This. Yes, or not. But in the situation where I'm using a glory hole, yes, I would vastly prefer to see the face. Is and, that because? But I mean, if you you know it's a female, how uh, do you know? Oh well, okay. If a bunch because you can look at the anatomy of the wall. Sure, sure, sure. Although to be fair, and I want to be uh, welcoming to our woke and trans uh, positive as we are uh, listeners, you know, we don't know their gender. We only know their cisgender. Is that what? Mm. I, is that the right word? We know their body parts, but they could identify as the other gender. But seeing their face might not tell you that either. But you would like to see their face just because you want some connection, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm not sure. I have to think about this, but I think it's possible that I would find compelling the situation where you could not see their face and it was just the disembodied body parts. I have to think about that. I mean, I think- Hard to get consent. Hard to get consent in that situation. Yeah. I mean, let's let's ignore that part just for the sake of this conversation. Because, sure. Yeah, that, that's obvious. Uh, but yeah, like assuming that you can presume consent, I think I, I too can imagine a situation where I would rather not see the face. Because they're unattractive. I, I'm thinking like from a titillation standpoint of like, I don't know, like I could just see it being, it's like, uh, you're ta- yeah, it's like you're, look, I mean, I think deep it's down, more, it's, like, more yeah, it's more dominant. It's, that's more right. dominant. Yes. Yeah. We've, we arrived at that simultaneously. Right. Huh. Uh, and there's something, yeah, it's something sort of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, there's something that brings to mind in my imagination. And this is just a terrible image, but like you imagine, like in a stadium where there's like a set of urinals in a row, right? Yep. And this is a thing you see. Like there's like ten. You could imagine those being women's butts. Right. Like somehow that's like compelling to the male imagination. Of course, to a woman, it's disgusting. Probably it's like oh, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't think they want to be one of those people. But yeah. Yeah. I guess we should move on, but not being able to see the face opens things up to, I mean, there's lots of like people, women who have like incredible bodies, but aren't the prettiest (laughs) so-called butter faces, right? Like this would open up (laughs) career opportunities for those sorts of folks. Uh, Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Um, I was walking with Alyssa the other day and I was thinking about 
how strange it is that women once a month have to go through this experience of having a period and they have these hormones and biochemicals that get released that cause them to have a materially different sort of experience of being a person during, during that time, sort of PMS and then during the period itself. And then I was wondering, okay, what do you think is harder for the other sex to relate to males relating to the, the emotional and mental experience of women having a period or females trying to relate to the male experience of having just testosterone fueled sex drive at basically all moments of their life. Can I ask a question really quick on that? So uh-huh. I know that Alyssa is very, uh, well versed. She, uh, has worked in the medical field and she's well-versed in all matters, uh, anatomy and physiology. Uh, why? Uh, so I've read various things that suggest that women actually don't have to have a period, that you can use birth control in such a way to basically eliminate your period. Well, how come yeah. she even chooses to have one? Do you know that? We talked about this actually, deciding okay. whether I think she would mind if I discuss well, maybe you could talk about it in general instead of specific to her, like the kind, I mean, or, or if there's something hyper specific. Sure. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I can talk about what the conversation involves sure. rather than like what she sort of decided, which was like, you know, like I don't want to take antidepressants because I feel like it's a crutch that I don't want to depend on, and I also feel like sort of the the perturbations in my mood that the ups and downs make me a more interesting person and sort of fuel some of my more positive attributes about myself. Hmm. And so I don't want to take SSRIs or benzos for that reason. And we were talking about, uh, the way that yeah, you do take, you do use alcohol, but go on. I do. I do. Um, but, I, and I, yeah, I feel like that's a good thing to bring up. Like I, I take things that like intentionally alter my mind state, but yeah, there's something about antidepressants that feels more, I don't know. Even though it's a more subtle effect, it feels like a more weighty decision. Anyway, we were talking sure. about how various birth controls can smooth out your your hormones, and lots of women don't have periods at all. So, right, you get you get rid of the the cramps, right? You get rid of um, the bleeding, uh, and you get rid of some of the ups and downs of emotionality. Um, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to be too educational here. Uh, we'd be a li- we can be a little educational, but uh, everything that I've read suggests yeah. that there is no. You should of course consult with your doctor, but uh, that there's no actual down, physical down. There's no known reason why women need to have periods. But go on. Right, um, that came up during the conversation. There are various side effects that can come from messing with the hormones in your body. Some women put on weight. Some women lose weight. Um, sure. Some women develop skin issues. Um, some there are birth controls. I know there are birth controls that specialize in clearing up skin issues. I don't know if they somehow dry out your skin or affect your oil production or something. Sure. But, um, yeah. So yeah, we had this conversation around, you know, the various positives and negatives of, of taking birth control and yeah, she's, she's made the decision. She went, Oh, the other nice thing about being on birth control is you can have condomless sex without, uh, as much. Concern. Well, of course, I mean, there are other forms of birth control like IUDs and so forth, but I, yeah, there are other choices, but I, yeah, I'm specifically interested in this topic. Uh, and I think I think there's an element of like lack of education, and some people have lots of information and make different choices. Uh, but I think I th- I wager that more than seventy five percent of women don't know that there's no physical physiological need to have a period. Uh, and 
they that like it's not you know they might have in their head like oh i'm gonna it's gonna give me uterine cancer or something if i choose not to right. have periods but actually like my understanding and of course people should check with their doctor <laughs> don't yeah. take it from uh the the your mileage may vary podcast which uh, <laughs> <laughs> your mileage may <laughs> but, indeed vary <laughs> yeah, like, that's right but uh, my understanding from my uh, reading on this is that that uh and i'm sure you're your brother-in-law will correct me if, if there's something wrong here. Yeah, I mean, but, I uh, think there's yeah. there's a lot of hoodoo around various health things, but in particular, women's health things, right? Like, I yes. think um, a lot of the anti-vax stuff started with concerned mothers, um, you know, and the misinformation folks are sort of exploiting women's extreme concern over, over their children's health. Uh, there's lots of confusion about epidurals, right? Like a lot of, there's like this huge increase in the United States, at least, of people wanting to do like bathtub births because... I think they've been convinced that that's substantially better in some way. Um, and yeah, so my wife actually, my ahead. wife actually did not have epidurals, but that's just because she likes biting wood things to overcome pain, <laughs> figuring out yeah. ways to maximize her. I'll pain. tell you, I'll tell you that the thing I would say to any women are small number, but not, but growing number of female listeners is, uh, uh, there's this moment during childbirth, you know, there's a, you probably don't know this Keith, but like you, you can't have the epidural after, uh, a certain mo- point like the, there's a point of no return yes exactly yeah. and here's here's so here's the uh here's the and we should get back to the question here but here's the uh emotion chart of this like <laughs> oh i don't want an epidural it's fine i'm gonna do this then you pass that point of no return and you're still like oh it's fine and then there's this moment when they're like uh, they're like i screwed up right <laughs> and, and definitely both, uh, for both of our kids that moment was reached and afterward i mean there's a certain amount of amnesia and like oh i, I was fine uh, mm-hmm. But like, I remember that moment for both childbirths that it was like uh, clear that uh, maybe right. it wasn't the best decision. So I think I would recommend an epidural uh, in my amateur wisdom. But we should get back to this question of which is right. better, uh, which is weirder well, what, for the other. What's harder to, to relate understand. to? Right. Like, I feel like I can imagine the experience of, of having increased emotionality. There have been times in my life when I'm more irritable or more emotional, but sure, they don't they don't last long, right? Like, I this this notion that I would be strongly affected by different brain chemistry for a week every month just sounds pretty awful. Well, I can give you – so I had an experience, an odd experience. As you know, I lived in uh, France for a year and this was an odd experience. I We were in Paris where it was still wintry and we traveled to the south of France for about a week in uh, April. And I immediately, <laughs> immediately became like super, super depressed. And – uh, felt terrible, just like uh, just really like just standard, like a depressive thought. So we went back to Paris and I felt fine immediately. And I concluded afterward and I sort of thought back to experiences in my life. And I do think it was due to something like weather related or some kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, basically like some pollen in the air. So I mean, there's something that like made that changed my mood. And so I can relate yeah. to that in some sense that like, uh, and, and what I've experienced is that women, I think are better than men at looking at their environmental and environmental factors and realizing, I'll put it this way. I think that it, in some ways, I think it helps women to understand women are better than men at understanding that like their mental state can be connected to just the fact that their body is actually just a machine. Whereas men, I think because we have that, we're kind of more disconnected, we kind of are more likely to think, or I, at least in periods of my life is more likely to think, oh, my, my mind is sort of detached from the physicalities of my body. Like I should be able, like the kind of, like the thing you said, like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to, uh, like kind of running away or not avoiding the notion that like your body is just a collection of chemicals. Whereas I think, I think it actually helps women to be more in touch with that. And I mentioned you because of the thing you said about like SSRIs no, and stuff. Like I that. understand. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 
So I think it can okay. actually be useful for them because they can it helps them see that direct connection and then they're more I suspect that makes it easier for women to deal with adverse moods because they're like they're much more likely to come up with the correct solution which is like oh this is just environmental oh this is just some pollen in the air that's making me feel depressed it's just weird and that in fact was right like I got back to where it was cold again and bam it was gone I mean like immediately it was really odd huh clearly environmental like there was clearly yeah. not you know, something negative did not happen. It was just environmental. Very strange experience. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever gone through like, I mean, I've, you know, I've gone someplace and suddenly my allergies flare up or something, but you're yeah, but those things can different. all be connected to mood and, and sure. emotions and stuff in sure. weird ways. Sure. So, uh, I do think like, so if I had to guess for your question here, I would guess that it's harder for women to understand the male experience. Um, that being said, I mean, women do occasionally have the sort of like aggressive, you know, wanting sex from a partner kind of experience. Yes. And then there's a the thing I think I've mentioned before on this podcast, which uh, people should look up. It's an interest. I've, there, are, there are histories or stories by folks who are transitioning from female to male about what it's like to start taking testosterone. And that's very discomforting for women because yeah. it's like they've never in their life experienced that level of like kind of pressure. Like, oh, right. I got to get out there and get sex, yes. you know? Yeah. No, I've, I've read um, some studies about that and they're, they're fascinating. And, and it's exactly what I would expect. Like, I think the male experience of just constantly vetting everything for uh, sexual viability is a little bit foreign to women. And this notion of um, constant, I don't know, micro rejections every day is, would be a little bit of its or maybe a lot bit of a strange experience for, for many women who aren't, you know, taking a, who aren't considering it. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Alyssa and I were talking about it. So I, I would bring it up. Just, I want to say one more thing on that. That reminds me of a, there, a, a little very short uh, thing that I concern that I've had about, as you know, there's this uh, great political debate over the don't, don't say gay bill, which yes. doesn't, ex doesn't exactly prohibit people from saying the word gay. It prohibits teaching about gay and trans issues to kids that are under uh, below third grade because the belief is maybe that should be done in the family. I don't have a strong opinion either way on that. I don't have enough data. But one thing that I think is an interesting thing to think about is that um, there is a certain, uh, the, the, the move toward teaching about gender fluidity and viewing people as more gender fluid, actually, I think it's a little bit uh, difficult or harmful to n more traditional heterosexual males because of how important gendering is to us. So uh, heterosexual males do sit around gendering everything. And so when you say, well, you know, nothing has a specific gender, everything's fluid. It's actually very, it could be, I, I, for me, it's confusing. And I imagine for say a 13 year old boy, it's very confusing because yeah, 13 year old boys yeah, run around. It's like it's like being a uh, an animal. You look around. You're like, oh, that's female. That's male. That's female. Part of our brains is wanting is trying to figure out what we can have sex with, right? <laughs> Productively. And so when you say, oh, well, that's there's no such thing as gender. It's very confusing for somebody who has this part of their brain that's that really cares a lot about gender. And I just think that's something people should consider. It's like you're you're benefiting one group of people, but you have to consider, yeah, how do you do that without you know causing problems for the other group of people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion on <laughs> that legislation specifically, other than that sure. I am sure the motivations on both sides are not very honest. And you might sure. make an argument that the right is worse than the left, but uh, you know, neither side is being... <laughs> right. Well, it's tricky. And it's an issue both sides that are uh, it's not... Right. It's a kind of a new issue. So it's hard to know exactly where what's right. right. Yeah. yeah. The right thing is to look at the data and figure out what has the best results. All right, let's move on. Of course. Um, so I promised we would talk about 
blow job ethics again. We talk about this a lot yes. on the show. Um, there's sort of three Reddit posts here that skirt around the same issue. And I'm not sure if I should read them all at once. I think that'll be sort of boring, but maybe read uh, one as a representative sample. Well, let's start with one here. So, um, this one's short. This guy says, do you guys actually fuck titties or is it just in porn? <laughs> if you're wondering, yes, I'm a virgin. Just wondering. I've never given it thought until I realized that I'm turning 18 in a couple of months and technically I can come out of my shell more. Okay. Uh, I can imagine women not enjoying titty fucking, right? Like it's just sort of, they're, they're being used as an apparatus as a, as a jungle. Oh, I just think it's boring. I just think it's boring for the woman. Like, like in the same way, like, let's say if you were fucking between her butt cheeks, it's just boring. Like there's not, you know, that's the problem, right? Okay. Do you know where I'm going to go with this? No. How is that different from a blowjob? Oh, well, uh, this is like, uh, when I take, when you take a lesson, uh, why don't you try to answer that question, Keith? Okay, fine. Here's what you're going to say. Yeah. You're going to say, uh, giving a blowjob is more submissive. They can feel the pleasure the man is receive is receiving, and that makes it what they compelling. do matters. Like they have a body part that actually, like your tongue, is like this pretty uh, capable body part of like doing something. Like your your breasts are like, I mean, I think your butt cheek, because the butt cheeks is something a guy has. Like imagine, let's say a woman had a strap on, and her big fetish was to penetrate between your butt cheeks. Just not. Yeah. You know, just go between them. You'd be They'll like, you know, hot dogging you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You'd be like, well, this is really boring. Whereas at least you could intellectualize, like if it was, she wanted to lick it. Okay. She's not getting any pleasure from that because it's a strap on, but like, I'm trying to stay away from like actually having a gay experience here, but like, you can see why, like, there's just way more that could happen with your mouth. Uh, and then, yeah, okay. also like there's way more receptors, right? So you, you feel what's going on, uh, in a way that's, yeah, I mean, it's just way more interactive and, and you could say, well, how is it different from a vagina? Well, the vagina, like the woman gets direct pleasure from. Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. In the interest of expediency, let, let me move on to the next one here. All right. This person okay. says, my girlfriend's highly rational rules approach to sex means I'm never getting a blowjob. My girlfriend is a very <laughs> rational person. We have a rational rules approach to sex. <laughs> Sounds like this guy's been well gaslit by his girlfriend. Um, yes. For example, we only do things that we both like and we both get pleasure from. For example, we have PIV sex because we both get off from that. I also eat her pussy and ass because she and I both get pleasure from that. He has in parentheses, I enjoy eating. We, we talked about this last episode, if anybody yes. wants to hear our opinions on no that. No need. Yeah. She thinks this is super grown up and rational and enlightened. I can kind of see where she's coming from. But it, does, but it means I don't get a blowjob and will never get a blowjob. She doesn't even dislike doing them or have a moral problem with them. She just says she doesn't get any significant pleasure from it, so we shouldn't do it. Obviously, this makes me really sad to think I'm never getting a blowjob, but I can appreciate her rationality. Am I being the asshole for being upset that I'm never getting a blowjob? She, it's not that, I mean, it's not that, that's not the the core, uh, what is it? The root cause here is not that he's never getting a blow. The root cause is that she's like, she attended some debate seminar at some point in her life where she learned how to, or she's like a lawyer or pre-law or something. She's figured out this very clever way to win uh, in the short term. But yeah, I mean like, no, she's she's being an idiot because she's like, she's misunderstanding how this works. Are there good reasons that women would decline all ever giving a blowjob to their partner? Sure. I mean, like they are there. Oh, it's always a mistake. It's always a mistake to decline ever because okay. like, yeah, it's, a, it's always a mistake. 
Okay. If the guy didn't like them, like you, you say you don't like them. So fine. That's a legitimate reason. But if the guy wants it, like you're just, yeah, you're putting at risk your relationship and it would behoove you to like figure out some mental framing where you can find something compelling about it. Okay. I agree with you in spirit. I mean, there are other edge cases like, you know, I don't know if she was sexually abused in the mouth when she was young or, you know, there are reasons, but even in that case, like, yeah, her partner is going to be long-term disappointed and resentful eventually, even if he's, you know, even if he can't, you know, emotionally understand what she's going through. Okay. Let me read this third one here. Um, Girlfriend said she'll only swallow if I swallow a bit too, LOL. My girlfriend is not the let, let, let me read. Yeah. Patience. My girlfriend is not the biggest fan of facials or swallowing, but she does love it when I come in her. She does let me give facials here and there in which I really appreciate a lot as I know she's not the biggest fan of. Boy, is this word salad here. So, all right. He, he, he gives her facials from time to time. She's also swallowed a couple times. Has told me that my baby batter is very sweet. <laughs> she doesn't like the consistency of it. And that's the main reason she avoids it. She told me that she, sh- she would swallow it if I swallow a bit too. And I told her that I would prefer it if we make out with some of it between us. And she seemed excited of the idea, LOL. I thought Big it was mistake. a joke at first, but she was actually serious. I eat her out sometimes after I finish in her and she absolutely loves it. So I've tasted it by accident before and it did have a very sweet taste to it. What would you all do? I know it's my own cum and all that, but I've never purposely put it in my mouth in order to taste it. But I think it sounds like an interesting idea. Uh, the first comment mentions that super sweet sperm can be a sign of diabetes. So uh, that's a thing, I suppose. I think it's sweet urine, actually, but go on. I don't, I don't, okay. For our newer listeners, they may not be familiar with. Oh, Lord. I have never tasted my own semen myself, even in edge cases like this, like kissing someone after they've they've gone down on me or you know eating someone out after I've orgasmed inside of them. I, I have been assiduously careful my entire life to avoid that. So uh, I don't – this, this notion of like an eye for an eye, I don't think is the right way to approach uh, sexual requests. The law of Talon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I uh, so yes, and I know this is like all an entree to me uh, telling the, my ex, my experience too. Uh, so I agree with the general notion of uh, it's it's not look if you like it as a guy, fine, do whatever. And there are like videos you see where guys clearly like it, and that's fine. Like they should do whatever they want. I think the vast majority of guys don't. And the key there is like, yeah, you don't want to set the uh, sort of standard that you're going to. Uh, do some of the activities this guy's mentioning, you know, go down after, afterward, you know, go to uh, like basically uh, kissing a lot after a blow, like these sorts of things, like are not things I think most guys want to do. However, however, I like a, some large percentage of men and I remain skeptical of Keith's claim here have when uh, very young or relatively yeah, pretty young uh, sampled my own semen by, all by myself in sort of a scientific uh, fashion. I did do that because I think like it's only natural to be curious about that. And it was fine. Uh, it was fine. It was, it tasted fine. I mean, it was it, like, no, it's not like, I mean, it's exactly what you would like <laughs> read describe. Like, like, I think that like, look, I think that uh, other than, I mean, there are people who claim there are women who, who claim to have some kind of a, 
like nausea or some physical reaction. Of course, they can't control that. Like nobody's going to go after them for that. But I think that in most cases, women are kind of being babies if they get upset about this. Uh, yeah, it's not like something you would want to eat all the time or something, but it's not that big of a deal. That being said, I'm just myself. I'm a pretty clean living person. So, you know, maybe there are other guys where it's just revolting and, or maybe certain times it's revolting in the, like two times I did this and I didn't like ha- like I just tried a little bit of it. Right. Like uh put it in a shot glass and drink it or something. Uh, you know, I found it like benign, but that doesn't mean, you know, I realize there's a multiplicity of experiences. So you yeah. know, but but I, and I so I, my recommendation to this guy would be do the scientific thing. Don't like set a standard that in your relationship you're going to have to constantly every time you nut, you're gonna have to be like getting involved with the nut because I think you will start to you you're gonna start not wanting to not have sex with her. Basically. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if there was some sort of emerging trend where more and more of the time when I orgasmed, I was having to eat it in some, you know, in some way, either kissing her or, I mean, he says, what, what was his vocabulary? Tasting it a little, uh, like it just, ugh. yeah, don't, don't do it, man. Figure out some, some other, uh, debate technique to <laughs> convince her that, Right. And I mean, it's, this is just like, I mean, there are things both genders wind up doing to mentally to kind of offer what the other gender wants. And like, this is, yes, this is a primary one that women kind of have to figure out is how do I tolerate or even enjoy, or just sort of come to terms with this reality of male anatomy. Yeah. So. I I mean, I think there's a, there's an analog for, for men too, of course, like they, uh, should figure out a way to tolerate going down on their partner. So it's, it's not, this isn't an asymmetrical piece of advice. All right. Next topic. Agreed. Has a guy ever missed slash put it in your wrong hole, quote unquote, accidentally. So this happened to me, 28 year old female. And I read about it on another post. So I was wondering if it was a common experience. Essentially you'll be having sex with a guy and his cock will slip out. But as he goes to put it back in, he will instead put it in your butt. And when you ask him what he's doing, he'll apologize and say it was an accident. Kind of like, sorry, wrong hole. Yeah. Well, I I think the answer to this is generally no. You can you can have bad aim, but penetrating the butthole is not a uh, especially a, an un is the word distended is that the right word an, an unprepared asshole. It's, so that's not, not totally that's not totally right. I know from doing uh, yoga yes. that um, there are certain positions that you can get your body into. Mm-hmm. Where like as as a man, as a man who does not, you know, the exit only experience, not <laughs> yes. nothing against people that uh, really that like pegging or uh, homosexual activity. It's not that at all. It's just that I happen to not do that. But the um, yeah, there's certain positions where your butthole definitely opens up, right? I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this. Yes, but so well, I mean, and I've noticed in, for example, when you're watching porn, it's like, of course, the porn star might have just done something anally but i mean sometimes particularly in kind of doggy style or yeah okay let's go through it so like in missionary i think no not really no no it Uh, would be doggy style where like her knees are closer to her stomach cowgirl or reverse cowgirl i think no not really maybe maybe it's doggy style it's doggy it's the doggy style where her knees are kind of close to her stomach right uh and she's kind of relaxed down there and that is a position where i think you absolutely could have this happen what in the dark i mean you can see it's just purely it's just it's just purely the notion all i was responding to is the question of whether you could uh 
fully penetrate like in one stroke without it being like this crazy thing that happens. You're lubricated from the PIV experience and then you, um, yeah, you can just drive straight in. Now, and in terms of like not seeing what's going on, I mean, I don't know, like that seems possible that you, that it comes all the way out and then you're like, yeah, I mean, it, it just takes like a very slight, uh, movement of your hips to put it in the wrong place. Okay. What do you think of this commenter's claim? Car sex, woman on top, little too enthusiastic, comes up just too high, slams back down on asshole. Happened to three different partners with me, pretty much same way every time. Full insertion all at once, not like porno, very unhappy with selves at time. Is this the woman or the man who's saying that? I think this is a man. It is a man. So, I mean, a man who has car sex with three different partners like this, I have to think it's a prostitute, right? Perhaps I think I know where you're going with this, but please go, please continue. Well, no, it's not. No, it's just that. It's just that it's. Like, I, well, I would just, you know, it's. Well, oh, why is he having so much car sex? Yes, yeah. doggy style car. But sure, I mean, like that's the, right. There you go. Like I could totally see that happening, and you're in a position where it's kind of relaxed and like, I don't. You're. you're I think the position you're trying to defend here is like the guy is doing it on purpose, and I don't think that's right. well. Okay, some percentage of the time, it's obviously on purpose. We can haggle around what percentage that is. Surely when a guy surprises his partner with anal sex, this would be probably the number one excuse. Oh, oops. I don't, sorry. I think it's, I don't agree with that. I think that like, with what, I think which, which part don't you agree with? Actually both. I think that, uh, I think that a very low percentage of the time would a guy surprise a woman with like a full and full anal insertion like that, because he's not, unless he's pretty dumb, he's going to know that that will basically terminate the sex session. And so he's basically mm. not going to get to have the PIV orgasm that he wants. And like, you know, I don't know how, like if, okay, if a guy is in the middle, if you, if, if a guy just like a random guy was in the middle of fucking in the dog, enjoying it. Okay. You think about how much money you would have to pay a guy to get him to stop right then. Okay. Right, if, if, right. Uh, if, if it was, if it was during the date and he thought he was going to have sex, you might have to pay him some number of dollars, like let's say $50 and okay. Abandon the date, like whatever. Uh, okay. You know, now he's in the, he's got his, the girl in his apartment and how much would you have to pay him to just tell her to leave? You know, maybe a hundred dollars. Well, if he's actually penetrating her, he's got a full on hard erection and he's driving toward orgasm. I mean, you'd have to pay him a fair amount of money. So, so this is like the highest value moment for the guy. He doesn't want to do something, maybe $500 to get him to say, okay, fine, I'll just go beat off in the corner and she'll leave. So uh, unlikely that he wants to risk that. And then on the other side, uh, I don't think that's how, if a guy wants to sort of insinuate anal sex, that's not how he's going to do it. The way he's going to do it, in my view, is he's just going to start, like he's going to take it out and he's going to sort of gently start putting it in her butt, hoping she won't complain. But he's going to do something where he could back away from it and go back to the vagina because he doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to like risk the optionality okay. of his nut. Right. Okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I'm not sure. I, I still think that immature men might, yeah, they might just be bad at insinuating toward that hole and be a little bit ham fisted about it. And then it's possible in retrospect, say like, Oh, sorry, that was, that was a mistake. I think it's less, I think it's uncommon. It's unlikely that a guy would do that because it's just, but it's sure. I understand, I understand your, weird your argument there. Your argument was, was a compelling one. Okay. Next Tinder is horrible for women too. Uh, this, this, this woman you writes, say. well, I, so I thought that this was going to be a, a, a new, I thought this was going to go one way and it goes the other. I just quit Tinder after a little over a month. I found it overwhelming and emotionally exhausting. I was looking for some lighthearted fun and instead I felt like a therapist. 
I don't have height requirements, so I get a lot of matches that haven't matched with anyone in a long time. It doesn't always work out, more often than not, sometimes during the chat, sometimes in person. And rejecting them is excruciating. I try to be respectful and kind, but it takes so much energy out of me. I've been crying the past few days, every day, because I read the posts here and I know how excited guys get when they match and what a letdown it is when it ends before it even begins. Can't handle it anymore. I wish all of you the best and that you will find what you're looking for. I'll stay home like the spinster I am, watching Netflix and chilling with my cats. What sub so, is this from? Uh, it's the Tinder subreddit. It's the Tinder so, okay, subreddit, it's which is a okay, pretty go good on. subreddit. It's mostly people trying to get karma for saying outrageous things to their matches. Um, okay. And there's okay. some pretty funny stuff, but occasionally you get sort of mildly interesting conversations like this one. So I think what she's referring to is there's this sort of common theme on the Tinder subreddit where men talk about like, look, you know, they'll swipe yes on a hundred people. And if they're lucky, they'll get one or two matches and then they'll message that person. And if they're lucky, they'll respond. And, but the response will almost always be perfunctory, something like, Hey, or LOL to, you know, whatever you say. And so men feel like they have to make all this investment in swiping and then like trying to craft something witty and they almost never get any payback. And then, you know, the female experience is of course, every single person they swipe on, it depends, but you know, some large percentage of people they swipe on uh, have already swiped yes on them. And then they get this deluge of, of interest that, that seems almost fake to them because they're getting the same amount of interest from everyone. So there's this asymmetry in experience. Uh, but I thought her recognition of um, how awful the male experience can be was sort of interesting. I mean, yeah, she's too, it, it was bothersome enough that it was making her cry. Or so she is performing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess if a woman, I mean, really, really all that's happening there is your, is there people are discovering the kind of mammal mammalian sexual selection strategy. <laughs> like it's not that on some level, it's not that interesting, right? Is you know, yes, the male of the species basically is not selective because I mean, we, we, we don't really have to go through it you know, some level, but yeah, I mean, the male doesn't have to care for the baby. The female does. So therefore the female is going to be very selective and the male just basically distributes the sperm and runs away. Uh, and because of that strategy, like all of this just flows out of that, right? I mean, the woman is going to be extremely selective and of course the males are picking the most fit women. So like, yeah, if you, if you swipe right on just really unattractive women and really uncompelling women, you're going to do much better. I assume, right? You probably yeah. I'm, that. I'm sure there's like the eighty twenty rule here, where and, and it's probably right. actually more like the ninety nine one, which is like the the top one percent in terms of attractiveness. Women get ninety nine percent of the interest. It's, yeah, it's and that's where you get incest. But it, yeah, there's this very significant group of men who just can't uh, get any woman interested, and then there's the the reality that. Uh, 5% of the men are hooking up with 50 plus percent of the women. And that's just how like in a, that maybe in a more traditional society that doesn't happen because sex is not as available, but yeah, that's, that's what these systems produce. And I'm not yeah, there's some social ills that come out of that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Being sad for the men. I don't know. I mean, it's sort of inter- here. Here's an interesting take. Uh, and so, like that stuff is probably a consequence of get, of letting go of traditional dating and sexual values. Right. So that same woman probably doesn't want to return to a more like religious cultural system where women don't have premarital sex and stuff, but that's probably actually how you fix this. Right. Because if the really attractive man couldn't have sex with, you know, 500 women in his life because they wouldn't have sex with him, 
then this wouldn't happen. But that's what's causing this is the fact it that there's a small the set of men. Right. And so it's like the very sexual liberation that people, and I understand why, you know, sort of rightfully pursue results in this kind of crazy incel subcommunity of men who can't get any sex. And also it makes women unhappy because they're always getting cheated on, dumped, and so forth by these really attractive men who are perfectly willing to lie to them, right? right. And just sort of churn them and go through different uh, and then you, so you see, I'm sure you see on the Tinder subreddit, women just complaining constantly about being ghosted after they've, the guy has sex with them five times or whatever, that he's really yeah. cool and all this stuff. And that happens all the time. Well, that's why is because they're pursuing the high value guy and the guy, they don't realize the guy has like 10 women he's fucking at the same time, which right. I think happens all the time. So, yep. I think you're right. Uh, well, the one, ca- the one caveat to that is like something that you say, which I think is interesting and I have no experience with, but is this notion that social media can uh, decrease that to some extent. Now, I don't know if, and the, the way it decreases it is that women can use the man's social media account against him. They can weaponize it to know whether he's dating like five women at the same time. I'm assuming that they're very basic strategies, which you do not employ, but probably could, but you prefer being more honest, which good for you, where, uh, a man can simply like never post pictures of himself with women on his social media or somehow like occlude that information. Maybe not friend people, maybe say, I don't use yeah. social media, like whatever. Well, and I think, I don't know, to the benefit of scumbags, things may be improving in that area. I mean, nobody uses Facebook anymore, or nobody in sort of that age demographic anyway. And, uh, you know, Instagram and Instagram stories are are still popular, but not growing as quickly as it was. And so, yeah, this thing where like people are post constantly posting things that allows others to surveil them is fading a bit. Um, so maybe- There you go. Yeah, that this issue that happened in sort of like the mid 2000 teens where you really had to be careful with your social media presence because if you were dating multiple people, it, it could easily be detected. Like I, I dated someone who, if somebody would like like one of my posts somewhere, she would like interrogate me about that person. And oftentimes her intuition was correct, right? Um and so, you know, you sort of have to decide whether you want to lie, lie of omission, white lie, or be honest. And, you know, all of those have various cones of uh, outcome. <laughs> right. And to be, to be fair, when, you know, men will say, oh, that woman's stalking you or she's acting crazy. She isn't. Actually, she's following, like she's, what she's doing is the female reproductive strategy. She doesn't want you to be impregnating 10 different women. She's just doing what her basic programming would tell her to do, right? She's yeah. trying to force you into monogamy. Yeah. Which like actually a, makes sense. Like it's annoying for a man. Men want to have sex with many different women, but if this is her goal, makes sense. Right. right. Yeah. I, it was, it was tough. Like obviously the temptation is to call someone like that crazy. And indeed culturally people are discouraged from online stalking their partners, but you know, there's lots of benefits to that kind of behavior too. So. There's no, I mean, but that's calling that crazy in my mind. So to me, it seems crazy, and I think probably to you too, to, to most men, it seems crazy that women value male status, male money in the way they do too. Like you wouldn't sort women based on how much money they have, right? You wouldn't no. date a 65-year-old woman just because she was rich, right? Correct. Yeah. And so that seems crazy. And yet women so, – so this is the point is that women's strategies and are somewhat incomprehensible to men and uh, vice versa. Right. I mean, women look at, it's like, it's actually like the question 
we started with early in the show about uh, periods versus the you know, you know men men and women the period versus the testosterone stuff not being able to understand each other like there's the same thing like it's just hard for us to understand each other's dating strategies and they seem really irrational until you put them in the context of like yeah I mean people don't like this but like our dating strategies absolutely re- result from biological reproductive realities of right. who's carrying the baby who has to feed milk to the baby who blah 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 they all come yeah. from that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so when people try to run away from biology, you can do it, but ultimately it's hard. I mean, your brain is programmed the way it is. And I, I suspect that when women and men deviate too far from the biological, biologically determined strategies, they actually get unhappy. I suspect. Like if a woman really behaves like a man, uh, sorry, a, a cis and you know, a person who identifies as female behaves too much like a man sexually and dating-wise, she winds up unhappy, I suspect. And, and same for men. Yeah. Uh, well, and just to yes and that point, I mean, I think culture is pushing people, at least, you know, North American culture is pushing people toward behaviors that are not necessarily biologically adaptive. So women are really, really, really encouraged. I don't know about encouraged, but the, the sort of sexual liber- uh, liberalization of, of women results in this sort of um cock carousel (laughs) yeah like just saying yeah encouraging women to explore with lots of different sexual partners and indeed of course they should be allowed to do that of course they should not be shamed for doing that but um i'm not sure they should be pushed toward doing that and uh i think our culture and you know you, you watch all these tv shows um all the ones about young people involve you know substantially more promiscuity than you would have seen in the past. And again, they should absolutely be allowed to do that. And there should be no shame in doing that, but uh, encouraging and pushing people toward that um, may be problematic. I saw, I saw a porn uh, like a couple days ago, we should move on, but I saw a porn a couple days ago that was women. Don't, I don't know where I saw this. I can't, I'm sorry. I can't link listeners to it, but it was a porn of women in public, just lying down on the ground and just pissing. What? They were just pissing. Yeah, okay. it was like at some beach somewhere or something. And, the, and there'd be like these maybe, you know, 60-something people walking by, you know, age-wise. Uh-huh. Just, and just to give you like, I mean, that's like, that is not something you would have seen like 50 years ago. Just like women just bearing their vagina and just pissing all over the place, like lying down. Like that's not, but that's like now, yeah, the people just walked by like nothing was happening. And it's like, wow, that would have been really surprising it's surprising now but like these you know, sure people people are now like and this must have happened i mean they filmed it somewhere maybe everybody right. in the filming was uh an actor i don't know but i i kind of doubt it i suspect it was like a gonzo thing anyway right. yeah i mean just generally there's a there's a lowering of the um i don't know shaming of of women's modesty or sorry there's a there's less shaming wait there's more shaming there's less shaming of women being immodest. That's right. And um, yeah. And I can understand. Worse. I mean, they're, they're like feminist commentaries that say, well, you know, our bodies don't belong to society. They belong to ourselves. And that's right. true. It's and just true. <laughs> but culture, like culture exists because it's possible. And actually, I think it's true that culture exists as a distillation for the most part of things that work to make people's lives run re- smoothly and reasonably. And so it's like these, these rules aren't like aren't always a patriarchy like coming down on you a lot of them are just things that like got built up over time and, and yeah. worked well but people have to figure that out so crowdsourced over yes generations and agreed upon okay 
let's move on before we get into too much trouble on that one. Uh, is masturbating to your own nudes a thing? Throwaway account because I'd like to remain anonymous. Not, LOL. Not for men. That's that's too bad. I wish she she wouldn't have remained anonymous. Uh, I, yeah. 26 female, took a bunch of fire nudes just because I felt like it. Not for anyone to see but myself. Not for anyone to see but myself. They were deleted pretty quickly. I got turned on while looking at them, and yeah, I ended up having the best orgasm I've had in a long time. Is this a kink? I know for sure I'm not narcissistic or vain. Not so sure. Not so sure, sweetie. I actually struggle with my self-image and confidence a lot. Well, everybody does. Uh, And I'm not a hugely sexual person and have responsive desire. Is that is that a term of art that I don't know? Yes, it is. That means. That's that means it's a woman who is unlikely to initiate sex, and ah. so this is very very commonly like in marriages where like the guy's complaining because the wife doesn't want sex. It's because the woman has responsive desire. So basically, the guy has to find strategies to sort of initiate, kind of gently, in such a way that like the woman becomes interested, and so then like it's it's like these these are women who could be characterized as asexual, and in fact, like if they were in like a women's prison or something without men, it. they probably would be asexual. Yeah, cool. I get it. Okay. Uh, yeah, long-time listeners of the show may be able to speculate why I don't know that expression. Um, <laughs> this person said, but damn, did I turn myself on there. Uh, okay. <laughs> why did I write Sounds this? Sounds hot. I mean, I like it. Yeah. I, she Her first sentence is extremely disappointing, which is throwaway account because I'd like to remain anonymous, LOL. Um, I can't imagine. Oh, okay. So for starters, uh, I am not homosexual. And so the notion of being attracted to the male form is, is difficult for me to uh, relate to. Yeah. Um, I do know there are more women who are bisexual or, or bisexual leaning. I don't, I can't imagine anybody masturbating to their own, their own nudes. It's like, uh, I can, no, I, I disagree with you there. I mean, yourself. I, I, even as a man, I've uh, encountered, I've experienced. So it's not, this is important that it's not, it's not really gay in the sense that it's not like you're looking at a man and saying, Oh, I'm attracted to that man. Yeah. It's because you're seeing yourself. And so it's like, oh, I look, you know, that looks good. Like I look yeah. good here. I, I have had that experience. Uh, of course you have, because like, like, here's, I can prove it. When you're doing PIV, you're on your knees, you're plowing away. She's got her legs parted. As you uh, do. Yep. And sometimes you will look down at your, the junction between your bodies. Actually for men, that's a very arousing image, right? Yeah. Yeah, but for part sure. Part of what's arousing about it is your cock, right? I guess... Come on. If if it was like a, if it was like a whited out cock or you know if it, if it had those lines that they put in anime, uh, yeah, I think it would be less compelling. Right. I mean, so so yeah, you're you're aroused by the capability of your own body. It's not exact. You're not saying, oh, I want to have sex with that as the other person. You're saying, oh, this is hot. So like, I've definitely had the experience. I think I've told said it on this show, like where I get a certain view, and the particular one I'm thinking of is like sitting in a chair, and there happened to be like a window or a mirror to my left or right that was reflective and I could see like a profile view of what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. But it was, if it had been another guy, it would not have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. That would be, um, I don't scary, think I would be interested scary. in a video or a photo on the other hand, that doesn't seem compelling. Although I've never like sat down and tried. So the extent of my ability to relate to this is something like this. Like sometimes I'll be in a hotel and I'll be masturbating and I'll catch a glimpse of myself. Here and- we go. Yeah, I, I, 
I will be, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do a double take, but it's not like I just like sit there and like stare at myself in the eyes or like stare at my cock. Like it's like a brief appreciation or, or noticing or something. I don't know. It's a little hard to explain. Ironically, Keith, uh, I've, li- I've read enough like uh, viewer feedback to the podcast to know that just the set of stuff you said there, like there is definitely a gay listener who's going to be like f- turned on by that. It's true. Um, like we get to be a little bit like uh, female porn stars. You're like, there are some men out there that like the stuff you're saying, and I'm sorry, right. but mostly you is like uh, a turn on. This is what it's like for, for Mick Jagger or something. Um, no, no, it's much better <laughs> for Mick Jagger. No, no, it's a perfect analogy. <laughs> much um, better for him. If we could get to there, that would be great. I don't, I don't oh, know if we man. can accomplish that. What a life. Uh, yeah, yes. Please tell your friends and family. Uh, this person right. says, I'm, I'm too young not to have a good sex life, LOL. Hi, guys. This is really embarrassed, honestly. So, so, mm-hmm. so is their grammar. Right. I've been married since I was 18. It's been five years. I lost my virginity to my husband, and sex was pretty good for like a year. Now all he does is tell me to take off my clothes and lay down. <laughs> sex lasts for three minutes, and it's done. I've asked him several times for foreplay, and I've even tried to give him oral. He won't let me. He won't even kiss me during sex. I had a baby this past year, and now he uses the excuse that watching me have a baby makes him grossed out by my vagina. I'm not overweight or unattractive. He used to want to have sex with me and foreplay. I'm at a loss at what to do. I've tried lingerie and things like that, but nothing works. He isn't having an affair. I'm 100% positive in that because he plays video games almost all day. I'm so unhappy with my sex life, and I'm only 23. I've orgasmed during sex once. As a liver in a fairly progressive city, uh, relationships like this, like this is probably some sort of religious marriage or uh, some sort of situation where maybe the person didn't have as much agency in choosing whether they wanted to marry the person as as you might hope for. It's hard for me to relate to stories like this, but what percentage of, uh, you know, American relationships do you think have just like completely dysfunctional sex uh physical relationships oh, i think it's sub- i think it's substantial but not in this specific way this specific one i if i were her i would uh check his phone for texts between him and someone named say steve or nick <laughs> uh jimmy uh this guy's <laughs> this guy's probably gay so what i'm gonna go with uh like because i don't think i think that I don't think this is look, there could be like a person's depressed or something. There could be some like mental health issue, but like, I think typically yeah. a guy and particularly in this age range, uh, five years since being age 18. So 23, that's feeling like he's, yeah. I mean, like he's, he, he, I, my, my guess is gay here. Um, but in terms of like dysfunction, like I think very high percentage, but it's typically, uh, I don't, th- I think it would be, I'm not sure this would be the manifestation of it. I think the manifestation is something more like stress in the relationship around, say, money, kids, yeah. some other topic. Sure. Very, very frequently, like the woman just is preoccupied and there's like no space and time. It's usually the woman because for a variety of reasons, like her like base sex drive is going to be lower and also typically typically. And also uh, there are certain like familial stress related responsibilities that fall on her and it takes more time and stuff for her to get in the mood. And so like, it's going to be more commonly that way, but I think there's like, yeah, like this kind of dysfunction, like unhappy. I mean, that's like, this is fundamentally why like there's, you know, uh, 
there, I mean, if you just read Sugar Lifestyle Forum, I mean, it's these, it's just really common for men to be stepping out as so to speak. Uh, yeah. Looking for somebody who's just like a little more fun. Uh, yeah. that's why I think this one, this one though, I don't, I don't, it's possible that he's depressed or something, but I'm going to go with, it's probably that he is not interested in women. Sure. You never know. Though. There's a multiplicity of experiences. Maybe he's asexual. Maybe he, maybe, maybe he's got a really small penis and he's embarrassed. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I mean, as you say, sexual dysfunction can express it. Uh, a multitude of ways. Right. I was just wondering, I mean, <laughs> we talked about this a few episodes ago. I mean, 50% of relationships end in divorce, but the 50% that stay together, some, some large number of those are probably unhappy. They're just tolerating each other. And so, right. yeah, I just imagine that the amount of unhappy, the, the unsatisfied people sexually is just got to be, I mean, it's got to be the vast majority of, of people. That's, uh, that's, uh, I think it is. I think suck. it is. I think it is because, because even, uh, even if you have people, like if you take, you could say, oh, well, uh, unmarried men, they're just going to be getting on Tinder and having sex and stuff. Well, that's not even right because the average, like, income of a man is, in the United States, say, is, I don't know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and that's not going to be enough to like actually have that much of a fun experience. Like, sure, if you take a single guy who's making five times that, then he can like, there's going to be a lot of with he'll be like a magnet to women in certain ways, and he yeah. can have all this fun. But that's not going to be the ordinary case. The ordinary case is going to be some guy who just is very difficult for him to work things out. And yeah. so then it's going to come down to personality style, like whether they're two people that just actually both want to have sex with each other a lot. And that requires like a lot of luck. And so, yeah, I agree. I think like it's tricky. What percentage of men, this is a provocative question. I think we should end the episode on this. What percentage of men do you think are sexually satisfied? And what percentage of women do you think are sexually satisfied, say in the United States? It's going to be a higher percentage of women because they don't care as much. So I'm going to go with- I agree with that intuition. 10% of men and 30% of women, something like that. I might even be more cynical than that. Yeah. I I think it's probably around 10% of men. And then, yeah, I don't know. I guess guess women care about sex. Yeah, maybe it's 30%. Of course, you have it's, to. It's you have subjective, to, is, and we have to decide, like, you know, how, what, how do you constitute, or how do you, what comprises, a, you know, sexual satisfaction and that kind of stuff. Right. But you have to age bracket it too. Uh, of course, of course, of course. And yeah, like one of the things. I mean, this is uh, my like. I have very few actual political things that I believe, but like one of the things I think is that like for guys, like, yeah, I mean, those massage parlors where they give you a hand job should definitely be legal, because I think there's like some basic things for men that would drive this number up. Uh, and I don't think it's such a, I don't think that, you know, but I, but something very simple like that, that's not dangerous for the woman where it can be regulated. Other countries do this. I think that's a thing that would drive the number up because then the guy's like, oh, that's fine. I can just go do this and get a release. Right. Uh, and wouldn't end your career if you were found out. (laughs) Exactly. And like, you know, and you could lower the drive, the cost down too, because it might be expensive. Yeah. Someone lives like whatever. And these are like, it's almost medical at some, on some level. Now I'm not suggesting a woman has to like do PIV, you know, prostitute, nothing like that. But I think there are things that could be offered to men to drive that number up. And then also you have to age bracket. I mean, I probably uh, 80 year olds just don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> so, right, right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not applicable. Uh, okay. Exactly. All right. That's a good place to stop. I think that'll do it for episode 63 of your mileage Mayberry. 
we can be contacted at YMMVPod on Twitter or by email at YMMVPod at gmail.com. We still pay $10 for feedback and always enjoy hearing from you, so hit us up. Thanks to Mike for his time. Thanks to you for your decision to listen, and we hope you'll join us next week on Your Mileage May Vary. Je veux et je viens Entre tes reins Je vais et je viens Je me retiens Non